Welcome to Spicy Techie, where we discuss all things technology with some friendly banter mixed in. With your hosts, Ali Musa and Sienna T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in this wonderful world of ours. Welcome once again to another Spicy Techie on Spicy Techie. <laughs> I'm your host, Sienna T, joined in studio by my co-hosts, Ali and Makara. Glad to have you guys with us. Thank you so much for joining as always. It's always a pleasure being back here in the studio and um you know i'm i'm looking forward to recording spicy techie as i do each and every week and uh thank you so much both of you for being in studio with me today it's always a pleasure having you i don't know where else i'd be on a sunday though so on, on a sunday morning that is so i think uh you know what i i, I found my I have found my home and my dream. So thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity. It's it's always appreciated, Sienna. Thank you guys so much. It, you know, it's it's always, you know, I've always had a dream to do a tech podcast of some sort. And, you know, as we always say, here we are, finally, after six years, here we are. We are here, yes. And, and you know, yes. enjoying every minute. And Makara, glad to have you with us as well. How have you been? I'm doing well, thanks. I hope you are too. Oh, doing excellent. Very excited. It's going to be a excellent. great chat. It will, which, yes. So let's start by what have you guys been um, uh, reading? We're going to start, we will start with um, Makara on this. Um, I know you've been reading a lot of stuff for school, but Maybe we can talk about some of the books that you have also read. Like, for example, I saw that you had read uh, Someday Maybe. What did you think of that one? You know, I really enjoyed it. It was something that I had actually tried to pick up a little while back and I never ended up finishing. Maybe it was just not really what I wanted in that moment. But it's it was really nice. Very lighthearted sort of book. But it also kind of talked about, you know, chasing your dreams and what it is if you sort of don't achieve what you think you're going to or what you plan to but all sort of wrapped up in this as I said very light-hearted partly romantic story See, I, I really I think... enjoyed oh, it sorry what were you going to say no, sorry. I, it's it's one of these like I, I always find too that even like see like um like because like see I do I, I like to I do a little bit of uh, like life coaching as well a little bit here like I, I and I've spoken to people who do that stuff. It's it's one of those things too sometimes that not only is it about accomplishing your um accomplishing your um your goals and dreams but really it's not about accomplishing goals and dreams really like in it's about you know it's about coming up with that one thing and and you and i had this conversation offline a couple of days ago um that about see um like um the comment that you had made a comment about um along the lines of you know of me doing multiple things, you know, instead of just kind of going with, 
instead of only going with um, the one thing that my, where my comfort level is. But, um, but I think in, in today's day and age, and sometimes it, that's really what it is, sometimes is taking that one thing and that, that is your comfort and trying to, and thriving in that um, area and then building upon something, then building upon something uh, towards that or in, um, uh, in, in that sort of um, situation and, and position too. I think I see what you're saying, sort of using that as a jumping off point, if you will, to sort of further yourself in other ways, but kind of from that one central point, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, yes, because I, yes, and I, and see, I've always, um, like, see, and I, I mean, for anybody to really like recognize, okay. Um, it's always like a simple philosophy in some ways that, okay, um, when you like, okay, when you get up in the morning, when you get up to, on the next day, you know, it's always about a simple, like, it's always about a simple step. Okay. I'm going to get up and it's always about that one thing sometimes yeah. for me like it's always about the one um sort of um thing for me and always kind of um um that sort of that situation where i mean sure like you always kind of want to like if it comes down to it, like that's kind of my, my interest really hasn't been like, see my personal interest is not traveling. It's not, you know, I'm a, I've always been that I've always been about a simple guy in a simple life. And mm -hmm. maybe that's just not maybe. And I don't see anything like, I don't think there's anything wrong or judgmental about that for some, but it, but in my low key life, there's a lot that I do. Absolutely. Sienna, do you have a comment on this? Yeah, and you know what? It, it I, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, like, um, even, you know, and a lot of people will say, oh, you know, if if someone doesn't like physically get out and do something you know there it seems to for others that do get out and you know do stuff like out in person um you know some i've heard some people say oh well xyz person doesn't get out xyz person doesn't do you know doesn't do this and that and it and it's just because the person doesn't get out and and there's so many reasons why maybe they aren't able to get out of the house maybe transportation whether it's public or paratransit is such that 
you know, they're not able to really travel anywhere often. And, you know, there, there's so many different, um, there's so many different factors that come into play. And at the same time, it's like, you know, well, even though they're not physically able to get out, you know, it doesn't mean they're not doing much. I mean, there's so much that you can do with an internet connection and a computer or an iPad or, you know, a smartphone that, you know, thanks to the internet that you're able to do. Oh, definitely. And I've, I've heard that argument before of people being like, oh, this person doesn't get out or doesn't get out as much as they should. And yep, I've heard it. Yep. I think for one thing that's so subjective, like what is one person's idea of doesn't get out enough? It's not consistent. It's not going to be, you know, this sort of wider idea of not getting out enough. And I, I think... Yeah. That like you were saying, Sienna, there are so many factors and it is such a nuanced yeah. sort of Okay, sounds thing. good. Yeah, that sounds good. So we are our featured guest, Carmi Lili, has arrived, and we will get to him and we will pick up this conversation soon as well. Absolutely. Don't go away. Lots more to come after the break. You're listening to Spicy Techie. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in this wonderful world of ours. Welcome once again to another Spicy Techie on Spicy Techie. <laughs> I'm your host, Sienna T, joined in studio by my co-hosts, Ali and Makara. Glad to have you guys with us. Thank you so much for joining as always. It's always a pleasure being back here in the studio. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to recording Spicy Techie as I do each and every week. And uh, thank you so much, both of you, for being in studio with me today. It's always a pleasure having you. I don't know where else I'd be on a Sunday, though, so, on, on a Sunday morning, that is. So I think, uh, you know what, I, I, I found my I have found my home and my dream. So thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity. It's, it's always appreciated. Sienna. Thank you guys so much. It, you know, it's it's always you know, I've always had a dream to do a tech podcast of some sort. And, you know, as we always say, here we are finally after six years here we are we are here yes and, and you know yes. enjoying every minute and makara glad to have you with us as well how have you been i'm doing well thanks i hope you are too oh doing excellent very excited it's gonna be a excellent. great chat it will which yes so let's start by what have you guys been um uh reading we're gonna start we will start with um Makara on this. Um, I know you've been reading a lot of stuff for school, but maybe we can talk about some of the books that you have also read. Like, for example, I saw that you had read uh, Someday Maybe. What did you think of that one? You know, I really enjoyed it. It was something that I had actually tried to pick up a little while back and I never ended up finishing. Maybe it was just not really what I wanted in that moment, but it's it was really nice, very lighthearted sort of book but it also kind of talked about you know 
chasing your dreams and what it is if you sort of don't achieve what you think you're going to or what you plan to, but all sort of wrapped up in this, as I said, very lighthearted, partly romantic story. She, I, I really I, enjoyed oh, it. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, sorry. I, it's it's one of these like I, I always find too that even like see like um like because like see I do I, I like to I do a little bit of uh, like life coaching as well a little bit here like I, I and I've spoken to people who do that stuff. It's it's one of those things too sometimes that not only is it about accomplishing your um accomplishing your um your goals and dreams but really it's not about accomplishing goals and dreams really like in it's about you know it's about coming up with that one thing and and you and i had this conversation offline a couple days ago um that about see um like um the comment that you had made a comment about um along the lines of you know of me doing multiple things in, you know, instead of just kind of going with, instead of only going with um, the one thing that my, where my comfort level is. But, um, but I think in, in today's day and age, and sometimes it, that's really what it is. Sometimes is taking that one thing and that, that is your comfort and, trying to and thriving in that um area and then building upon something then building upon something uh towards that or in um uh in in that sort of um situation and and position too I think I see what you're saying, sort of using that as a jumping off point, if you will, to sort of further yourself in other ways, but kind of from that one central point, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, yes, because I, yes, and I, and see, I've always, um, like, see, and I, I mean, for anybody to really, like, recognize, okay, um, it's always like a simple philosophy in some ways that, okay, um, when you like, okay, when you get up in the morning, when you get up to, on the next day, you know, it's always about a simple, like, it's always about a simple step. Okay. I'm going to get up and it's always about that one thing sometimes yeah. for me like it's always about the one um sort of um thing for me and always kind of um um that sort of that situation where i mean sure like you always kind of want to like if it comes down to it, like that's kind of my my interest really hasn't been like see my personal interest is not traveling. It's not, you know, I'm a I've always been that I've always been about a simple guy in a simple life. And mm -hmm. maybe that's just not maybe, and I don't see anything like I don't think there's anything 
wrong or judgmental about that for some, but it, but in my low key life, there's a lot that I do. Absolutely. Sienna, do you have a comment on this? Yeah. And you know what? It, it I, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, like, um, even, you know, and a lot of people will say, oh, you know, if, if someone doesn't like physically get out and do something, you know, there, it seems to, for others that do get out and, you know, do stuff like out in person, um, you know, some, I've heard some people say, oh, well, XYZ person doesn't get out, XYZ person doesn't do, you know, doesn't do this and that. And it and it's just because the person doesn't get out and and there's so many reasons why maybe they aren't able to get out of the house. Maybe transportation, whether it's public or paratransit, is such that, you know, they're not able to really travel anywhere often and you know there there's so many different um there's so many different factors that come into play and at the same time it's like you know well even though they're not physically able to get out you know it doesn't mean they're not doing much i mean there's so much that you can do with an internet connection and a computer or an iPad or, you know, a smartphone that, you know, thanks to the internet that you're able to do. Oh, definitely. And I've, I've heard that argument before of people being like, Oh, this person doesn't get out or doesn't get out as much as they should. And yep, I've heard it. Yep. I think for one thing that's so subjective, like what is one person's idea of doesn't get out enough? It's not consistent. It's not going to be, you know, this sort of wider idea of not getting out enough. And I, I think that like you were saying, Sienna, there are so many factors and it is such a nuanced yeah. sort of Okay, sounds thing. good. Yeah, that sounds good. So we are our featured guest, Carmi Levy, has arrived, and we will get to him, and we will pick up this conversation soon as well. Absolutely. Don't go away. Lots more to come after the break. You're listening to Spicy Techie. I wonder if I could make it. It's almost getting to 8 o'clock p.m., and I am still a few more steps away from home to get to my computer to listen to CNT Radio's Cosmopolitan Culture Club. The best of the best music from around the world. Can't wait! <sighs> I think I made it! Sienna T Radio. Making your day brighter, one song at a time.
looking for conversations on the world of broadcasting, sports media, and from time to time, my favorite sports teams, listen to Broadcast Map with me, Ali Musa. To learn more about the show and to view the upcoming schedule, like the Broadcast Map Facebook page. Search Broadcast Map. Hey, you, why you look so sad? Don't be so sad. I tell you what you're gonna do. If you got a vino, you pour yourself a bicchiere of vino. If you don't have a vino, maybe you got a panatone, maybe you got a panini, maybe you got a cafe espresso, but you, you, you fix yourself a something bella nice and you go, go to your computer and you log on to CNT Radio. And you listen to CNT Radio, okay? You do all that, you're gonna feel much better. I promise you. Alright? Ciao! Welcome back to the studio for Spicy Techie with your hosts, Ali Musa, Makara, and Sienna T. Hey, welcome. Welcome back, everyone. We are, we, we've, we've made it through the confine, as they say. And Sienna, thank you for joining me this morning, and Makara as well. Pleasure to be here, as always. It's always, uh, I always look forward to being back in the studio with you guys. And uh, thank you so much for having us. And I'd like to uh, take well, this opportunity. Take this opportunity to welcome Carmi Levy. To welcome Carmi Levy. Hey, Carmi, welcome Carmi, back welcome to the back. studio. Welcome back. Oh, guys, it is so great to be back. I was so happy that you invited me again. I had such a good time last time, so... I am just absolutely thrilled to be here. It's been hey, sitting be on my calendar. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it as well. This is just always a highlight of my day. Yeah, absolutely. So how about we just start there? We'll talk a little bit. Well, let's start here by talking about your impressions of the uh, Apple event when they introduced the the iPhone. The iPhone it was it. It was interesting because, I mean, every year we go through the same kind of song and dance, right? They introduce these devices. They're, of course, the best iPhones that they have ever introduced. Uh, they have you know new features. They're more powerful than the ones that came the year before. They're roughly the same price or in, in, in Canada, maybe a little bit more expensive. But um, And so in that regard, this year wasn't much different than last year or the year before. And I kind of look over my notes year over year and I realize I'm kind of saying the same thing every year. Yes, there are new features and they're really cool. Um, and and so certainly if if you're in the market for a new phone, then by all means, go out and take a look at it. It's a compelling value proposition. However, uh, you know, if you bought a phone last year or your phone is relatively new, is this the, the moment that we rush out and get a new phone simply because Apple tells us to? Um, no, because I, I, you know, I, I look at these events through sort of two lenses. One, it's, hey, what's new and what's cool and what should we know about? And how does that set the tone for the next year? But also at the same time, it's, 
these are uh, marketing manufactured events designed to get us to go buy something that we may not necessarily need. If our existing phone is good enough uh, and we've had it, you know, not very long and the battery life is still good and it still runs all of our apps and it's still fairly reliable, then why would I drop it and go, you know, buy another phone? I hear from a lot of people, oh, I'll just get another phone. And it's the same monthly cost. It's like, actually, no, it isn't because you're paying that phone off. And why don't you just, you know, use the phone that you've already paid for and save a little bit on your monthly budget? We know the economy is kind of challenging these days. The last thing we need to be doing is spending on a phone that we don't necessarily need. So I love the new phones. I think they're amazing. I love the feature set. I love where Apple is taking the industry because uh, Apple does tend to be um, you know, a bit of a Pied Piper in terms of technologies. When Apple introduces it on their phone, then the rest of the industry will kind of follow. Um, but at the same time, I'm a little cynical of that annual process that you know tries to drive the hype train as intensely as possible to separate us from our money. I think we need to step back and go, do I really need to have the latest and greatest phone when I get together with my friends or when I go to the office? And the short answer is no. And I was watching the event this year and I realized normally it would be a keynote. Normally Tim Cook and his deputies, his his presidents, his vice presidents, all of his chief designers would kind of come out one after the other onto the stage at the Steve Jobs Theater in California and they would announce different devices, different features, different things they want us to know about. And the interesting thing about the event in California was that no one came out on the stage this year. It was all video. Uh, and that, to me, was the first time I, I, I noticed that, was that uh, there was no live component. They played the videos live uh, in real time at the same time for the rest of the world to find out. But uh, Tim Cook didn't wander out and kind of have a chat with people with an actual audience. And so presumably, that I know there was an audience in California, because I know some people who are in it, uh, friends and colleagues, but um, it wasn't like it was in the past. Steve Jobs wouldn't have just simply run a whole bunch of videos in sequence. Uh, Steve Jobs would have gotten on stage and talked to us. And so it felt a little bit, uh, I don't know, something was missing. It was almost too perfectly curated, too perfectly produced. Um, and yes, it was Apple. And yes, they're the great, great phones and all that. But I don't know. It was a little different this year, a little subdued, uh, a little too controlled. And as an analyst, I don't really like being controlled by companies. I mean, I think one of the other things, too, is that, um, right, see, you know what really sort of used to drive me nuts about the Apple event? And they did it during the the uh, the uh, WWE. Oh, mm -hmm. we've done such a great job. We've done, that. you know, it's like we've, we're so thrilled with where things are. We've made so much. It's like just stop your, you know, your your bragging about yeah. what you've done. Well, you know, it's interesting because the they made a really big and and you're right. I mean, it's funny. I'm I I wear two hats. I'm I'm a journalist, but you know, I also like you know as an analyst, I deal with marketing people all the time. So journalism is about telling the story, the actual true story, and getting all the facts. Uh, and marketing is only telling the story using the facts that you want the world to know. Because marketing is designed to sell you something. Journalism is designed to you know maybe shine light on things that people don't want light shone on. Um, and so. Like I, 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 every time a company has a marketing event like a product reveal, like we saw with Apple's uh, Wonderlust event, um, I always take it with a giant grain of salt, and I advise us all to. Right. So when Apple claims that the Apple Watch is their first carbon neutral device, and they put that you know sort of badge on the on the box and on the packaging and all the marketing materials, 
I mean, I think it's notable. I think they should be lauded for for trying to be more green. But let's be clear, uh, these devices don't have no impact on the planet. Uh, and a lot of that so-called green credibility or greenwashing that they claim uh, is really just that they've bought a bunch of carbon offsets, which really doesn't help the earth at all. Um, so a lot of it is is corporate hype. Uh, and, and, and I certainly won't believe that if I decide to buy an Apple Watch versus some other kind of smartwatch, that it will magically uh, turn the earth green. It doesn't work that way. And the marketing claims notwithstanding, it isn't as perfect and ideal and, you know, kumbaya as, as uh, we would, as Apple would like us to believe. And so, you know, whenever Apple introduces a device, Samsung, Intel, Google, whoever, it doesn't matter. They all have these events. Uh, I think we really need to be a little less uh, willing to just take it at face value and a little more willing to lean in and go, that really what you say it is or you know what's the reality behind it and the reality behind it isn't always as perfect as they'd like you to think and i think one of the things too though right and one of the things is like see uh, and, and 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 i'm and i'm gonna answer that question that is like is, is do you really do i do i really need the new phone on it for me no i have a 12 and i'm fine with that mm-hmm and I think, you know, the 12 is uh, now a three-year-old phone. Uh, and, you know, that's that's average for about what a phone would be. Uh, and as long as the battery holds out and it still runs the apps that you use every day. And in fact, the iPhone 12 will happily run the newest version of iOS, iOS 17. And I'm on it, uh, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Free upgrade, right? You don't have to pay a penny. The, the, the 12 is probably paid off by now. And yet you get virtually a new phone by virtue of a free new operating system upgrade. So that to me is the real story every year is that even if you don't buy a new device, you get this really cool refresh with all these neat new features um, just by downloading the updated software. And so as long as as long as your phone is capable of running it, and we know Apple says that iOS 17 will run on anything back to the iPhone XR. Uh, so, you know, five-year-old phones you, well, still have you, another, you have another two years running on your device before it will no longer upgrade to the latest version of ios but it'll still work even then um so as long as batteries holding out and apps are still running and it's secure and you have access to all the services that you use every day and you're not spending time fiddling with the technology but you're actually spending time using it and getting value out of it which you clearly are then there's no need to get a new device this is not this is not fashion uh, apple and other technology companies want us to believe that technology is fashion uh, they talk about the colors they talk about the design the new the new the new pros have titanium on them with a slightly curved edge and the wax poetic about just the the aesthetics of the case uh, and how much it weighs and how cool it'll be when you show up uh, among your peer among your peers and they see what you've got the big apple logo on the back uh but truth of the matter is is we live in a post-pandemic world and we're not really seeing as many people as we used to and quite frankly i don't really care what people think about you know the kind of phone that i have I have it in an OtterBox case anyway. No one can tell what kind of phone I'm running <laughs> or, or what yeah, kind of too. iPhone it is. I... So, you know, because I drop my phone all the time. So whether it's the latest one or whether it's a couple of years old doesn't matter. What matters is your use case. And that's a, a lesson, a rule that applies to all technology. We should never feel pressured by marketing uh, yep. or by peer pressure to buy the latest and greatest, especially when what we've already got is doing the job for us. Exactly. Like, yes. And see, and I get, I, I do have a, I do have another thought uh, that I want to kind of bring into this, but I'll let you uh, uh, get in there first. Just remind me of my thought. Oh, 
yeah, no worries. Um, I, I just wanted to point out, and, and it's so true, Carmi, that you mentioned, like, you know, it, it, it's not really about having the latest and greatest and 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 you know what that's the same for me and i i'm running an iphone 11 it's four years old but hey it, it still works as long as it's i think this year i now I, I i can't say for sure now this is just my prediction and i think you may still get one more year out of it yeah oh yeah yeah i'm thinking that you know i'm i'm gonna get one more year out of it and i you know there's um you know my carrier has been telling me now that i'm due for a new phone <laughs> and again, mar- again marketing marketing yeah you can get the iphone 14 and this and that and i said you know what honestly i <laughs> um you know, I'm I'm happy with my iPhone 11. I'm very um, happy is an understatement when it comes to the battery. I'm thrilled. Like my battery will still last me a whole entire day before wow. I need to charge it again. Uh, yeah, you know what? As well, I want to I... know your secret because mine doesn't anymore. But... Uh, <laughs> do you use the focuses? Like, do you have all your notifications? Do you have like X notifications and things turned on? Yeah, um, I I, yeah. I I need mine turned on because you know I, I I can't I can't miss messages during the day. Oh, but me neither. I, I know that does bad things to my. Family. No, 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 me neither. Me neither, right? Yeah. But see, yeah, no, but see, the other way too. Car- the other way around that sort of thing is though that if you want to get avoided by, you know, don't go go don't do the you know don't do the contracts. Just just get mm-hmm. your phones, right, and just go with what you want. That's yeah. another way around it. Yeah, there's there's always language, and I it's it's funny. I I get those emails from my carrier uh, almost every day now as well. You know, we have special offers just for you, Carmi. Uh, you know, why don't you come on in, or you know, you know, click on this link, and uh, you know, time limited, time's running out, so you you, you got to answer now. Uh, and and I I I think the same thing. You know, I'm very happy with my phone. It's it's a few years old. I I I'll review phones, and I get new phones kind of in and out all the time. But you know, my my primary everyday phone uh is is not new and that's deliberate i wanted to keep my phone for a while so that i wouldn't have to pay, you know pay it off and then not have to pay for it which costs me less every month that's a big big benefit what to phone my do you household have? budget i have an iphone 11 uh and for exactly the same reason i bought it uh right near the beginning uh just before the beginning of the pandemic and and so, uh, you know, working from home, I didn't really need uh, a phone that had, you know, anything special. I was it was sitting on my desk all day. And to a large extent, I still work from home. So I don't really need uh, a phone with massive battery life. It makes it through the day without difficulty. If I'm worried about it, I have a backup battery that I throw into my backpack whenever I leave the house. Or so just when you're at home, just plug it in. You, exactly. You have a lightning connector, right? Just plug it in. Exactly. And and so it it works for me. And I keep thinking, okay, so what's a new phone going to cost versus what am I going to get out of it? That whole, you have to do the ROI with new technology. So return on investment, what am I getting back versus what am, what am I spending? And I'm spending a whole lot of money. I'm not really getting back anything really special. Yeah, there's probably a slight improvement in the camera and a few other features I probably really like. I'd love to have an always on display or AOD. That'd be kind of cool. I'd love to be able to use that new feature that kind of turns it into an alarm clock on a stand. That'd be fun. But 
that's really more of a want than a need. And I think we have to start doing that with technology. What's a want? What's a need? Yep. And we start to realize what we thought was a need is it was actually a want and we can kind of live nicely without it. See, here's the thing, right? I currently, I don't know if you, I don't know, I don't know what you're able to see. I don't know if you're able to see my, my desk here. Um, uh, no, I, I, I can see your very cool mic and uh, your very lovely face, but I cannot see your desk. Okay. So I like right behind the computer, right? Right uh -huh. behind the computer. I have a right behind this. Uh, you can see I have a, 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 a Windows, a laptop here. Mm -hmm. Right. And behind it, I have a, I, I also use a Mac. So I, I have a, I have a Mac mini. Oh, cool. Great machines. Oh, okay. Love the, love the mini. Right. Now, see, you, you know, you see, I, and, I, and I'm, you see, and I'm blind, right? I don't, I don't, I, and my initial thing was, is I, I'm totally blind. I don't need a camera, right? But yeah. see, it's like, you know, but see, the thing is, I see, and if I need it, you see, it's like, do I really want to get, like, see, the thing is, do I really need want to spend the money and get an Air, MacBook Air, just, just for the camera? I, I don't think that's necessary. You know, I'm thinking, I don't no. think that's necessary. No, you don't, especially because, uh, you know, you, you clearly have a webcam because I'm seeing you through it. And so, any computer you can plug in a you know a simple usb webcam and it'll probably give you better video quality than even any macbook air that comes today so uh, because macbook air has been roundly criticized over the years for having a webcam that really isn't quite up to snuff anyway so there's always a cheap solution that means that you don't have to go buy a complete new machine um, and it's 2023 now and if you look at the technology that we all use most of us have a desktop or a laptop computer most of us have a smartphone Many of us have a smart watch. Many of us are getting wireless earbuds. Um, and so when you look at all the things that we have to buy, not just once, but every few years, it gets really expensive to buy a new one every year or two. It's a lot smarter to start spreading out the purchase of each one because we're going to be buying them in cycles for probably the rest of our life. And the tech industry wants to add even more categories so that we're always going back to them for new devices. It's almost like a tax. It's a it's a technology tax, what I like to call it. So, you know, the so, you know, when I look at the computers that I have, same thing. I keep my computers for a long time for exactly that reason, um, because as long as they're working, I will keep using them as long as they meet my needs. I will keep using them. Do I want the latest and greatest? You know, would I get a better webcam on it if I did? Probably. Uh, but I can also find a, a cheap webcam and plug it in and get better video if I really wanted to. I don't necessarily need the new one. There's also the, the factor of time. Every time you get a new device, you have to set it up. Yeah, You have to move your data over. You have to make sure all the settings. It takes weeks or sometimes even months until you kind of get it into that groove where it's perfectly customized to you to the same degree that your old technology was. And that's a cost. And that would be a cost to me too. And, uh, you know, I just updated to iOS 17 and some of the settings were different and it took me a few days to kind of get everything back to where it was. And I know my productivity was affected during that time. And so it's even worse if I would get a new, a new machine, a new smartphone completely. So I'm very careful about when I change my devices and I try to minimize the frequency with which I do it because it's, it's less expensive, but also it's a lot less disruptive to, to my day-to-day -day life. And I got better things to do with my time than play with my technology. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, uh, like, what would you say? Like, what would be something better? Th like, what would be something else that you would do? Like, what's um, the time? Oh, I, I would work. <laughs> I would, I would work and, and, uh, and, you know, generate revenue for my family, which is, you know, my ultimate responsibility. Exactly. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, uh, you know, and so this, this is my life. And so I, I'd rather 
crank out copy. I'd rather do podcasts with amazing folks like you. I'd rather there you go. do interviews, you know, grow, grow my brand than, than exactly <laughs> than sit in a corner and fiddle with the settings on a new computer. Exactly. I just have to have the latest. Nobody cares. No one, no, yeah. no, no one cares yeah. at all. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. I see what, what I'm doing now is that you see, I, I I'm using my, uh, I'm using the, uh, the, my uh, windows machine for the camera. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. So that and see, that's another that like that's a way around it, too. Right. If I didn't want to get a USB camera, that's another way around it, isn't it? Right on. Right on. It's and what I love about technology is that everybody's got uh, their own solution and everyone's figuring out different ways of making it work for them. And the joy of of technology today is that it is so flexible that that everyone can kind of come up with something that that works for them. It may not necessarily work for anyone else, but it, that doesn't matter. There are no rights and wrongs here it's what works for you and i'm constantly sort of figuring that out i'm constantly tweaking it i'm moving things around i'm you know up, updating different pieces of my overall technology mix and i think right. that's a good thing too because we never reach a point where it's where, where we're there where it's perfect uh, we should always be sort of thinking you know about the small changes we can make small changes can have a big impact and a big positive impact on how productive we are how how good we look how how easily we work um but you know we don't necessarily need to spend huge amounts of money or time on any of this little tweaks along the way can go a long way toward making us a lot better at what we do and uh yeah and uh sienna go ahead yeah um it it, it, it it's so true and i'm finding like the same thing now you know it, it's all about for me it's all about working with what i have um mm -hmm. you know to to a certain point like once the um technology is getting the software updates and the security updates and and security um is something that i've always taken Direct very quote seriously from Mark Perry there you just made yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> right and so like for me i was messing i had this mixer i had these like Check out my first <laughs> chat with Mark Perry, guys. There you go. So I had this, um, you know, <laughs> mixer and like, you know, I had this uh, reverb box and, and, and all that. And it just got to a point where I was having so much trouble um, setting up and it had and it was like a constant process before every radio show, um, before every Zoom call of setting this stuff up. Um, you know, I had a stand, a mic stand, but then, you know, if I'm going to be in front of the computer using the computer, I wanted to be in front of the computer and not have a stand in the way. And, yeah. you know, who would have thought that just a headset mic would, <laughs> would, uh, you know, do the trick and it just, now it's just so simple. I just plug in the mic or plug in the headset, the mic's already attached to it. And voila. <laughs> Simple is always the way to go. Um, and, you know, you know, back to my earlier point that there is no one perfect solution for everyone. Uh, if the, the, the headset based mic works for you and it does because it simplifies your use case, right? You're, you're not only using the technology, you're on camera, you're, you're recording. And that is, has a very different set of needs and requirements than if all you're doing is, you know, updating a word document. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, what you've done is you've tried, you know, this is, I, I, I love listening to you talk through the process. 
whereby you arrived at the solution because you try different things and you realize that it was a hassle and you realize that it took a lot of playing with and tweaking and um, just a lot of fiddling around and you kind of had to customize it every single time you were recording, which is a hassle. Who has the time for that? That you figured out headset, that's the answer. Uh, and that gives you the, the solution. It gives you the quality and it gives you the ease of use that you're looking for. And I think that is, I would love to kind of seal that in, in a, in a trophy case. And, mm-hmm. and and haul that advice out every time someone asks me how they should be managing their technology, because that's a perfect example of that. Yeah. And and another kind of um, example that comes to mind when it when it comes to that, like just using making use the best use out of the technology that we have. And, um, you know, I, I go going back to my grandmother and I told my grandmother actually how uh, um how proud you were of her for, you know, um, and how proud we all are of her for, you know, learning the technology, learning the iPad. She says, thank you, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, your grandmother's amazing. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she, she's awesome. And, you know, it's just um, so much fun. She'll be like, she'll, you know, send us a picture. She'll be like, Hey, uh, did you get the picture? She'll call. She'll be like, did you get the picture I sent you? It's, it's just absolutely. That's what I love about technology, right? She's using it and it makes a difference and it makes her happy and it makes everyone Mm -hmm. around her happy. It, it, it improves the way everybody in your community and your family lives yeah that's that's why this stuff is so magical it isn't because the device itself is cool i mean it is but it's what we choose to do with it and and i what i love about your grandmother's example she's figured it out she's figured out how to make it work for her and that is absolutely we could all like honestly that inspires me um and 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 it's it's a it's a you know i I call them use cases right it's a scenario a situation but it's one that i i like to hold on to because absolutely that is it 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 means a life better lived and what better reason for technology than that and your grandmother your grandmother rocks just rocks oh yeah oh yeah and and you know it and you don't need the latest and greatest thing like you know you don't need like it all depends on your use case if you're just going to be like you know talking to family overseas if you're just going to be you know mm-hmm. looking up recipes and 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 stuff like that you know all you need is an iPhone and an iPad and you're good to go and Exactly. And- exactly. And I think the key is that we we have those conversations with each other so that yeah. we we can help people around us. So whether it's our mom and dad, whether it's our grandparents, whether it's family members, friends, whatever, it doesn't matter who, so that we can help them make those better decisions that I almost feel a responsibility that whenever someone comes to me and they're like, I need to buy a new iPhone. And okay. And then I, I, you know, sort of ask, okay, why, like, why do you need it? And they go, well, because it's the latest and greatest. Well, no, that's not a good enough reason. I think we all need to have these conversations about, well, what is it that you're going to be using it for? Ask those questions of people around you, help them make better decisions so that they aren't uh, pulled into this kind of hype cycle where they feel they need to buy the latest and greatest. In many cases, something that's already lying around or something that you might have that you can, you can, you know, gift to them as a, as a second, you know, uh, it's sitting in my drawer, you can have it, uh, which some, a lot of my old technology ends up being kind of repurposed that way um, can make such a huge difference in the life of someone who otherwise wouldn't have that technology. Uh, And so think about the things that we have in our drawers, if they're not too old, and I'm going to put an asterisk there because there is a caveat about 
how long mm-hmm. we can keep technology going. Like if I have a 15 year old computer running Windows Vista, um, I'm, I'm probably going to need to replace that because it oh, is yeah. not getting it's not getting security updates. So it's 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 a vector for cyber attacks. Um, it's very likely that it will be targeted because it doesn't have the latest and greatest protections. So, you know, on the one hand, stretch out the technology and give it a second life if you have the opportunity to. But on the other hand, know when to say when that, you know, when a device gets to a certain point where you are fiddling with it, the battery is failing, it is not receiving security updates, it is kind of off the back of the treadmill in terms of, you know, you know, uh, technology uh, history, uh, Mm -hmm. then it's time to replace it. Uh, So there's a window, right? And the industry wants us to believe that that window is very short, buy something new every year or two. I'm saying stretch that out to three, four, five years if you can. Um, but then once you start getting beyond a certain period and it, it changes depending on the device and how you use it, um, uh, you may want to start thinking about replacing that there's a, there's there's a there's there's such thing as too old as well as too new. Uh, we have to kind of understand that and 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 be prepared for it both for our own devices as well as for the devices of those who uh, we're communicating with, you know, members of our family who may not be able to make those decisions, but we can help them make those uh, those better choices as well. Like in terms of having like a different device, like like for example, like an iPhone eight. Some people still use the iPhone eight. Oh yeah, friend of mine just this week um, bought a new, you know, ordered a new iPhone fifteen uh, and got it, and it replaced an iPhone eight, and very very uh, happily showed device uh, the you know both devices plugged in, transferring data from the old onto the new, uh, and he's gonna miss his eight, you know, that button. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not, you know, <laughs> that what? home button. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, the home yeah. button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, for me, like, see, the thing also becomes, right, like, I mean, but do you think the 8 will still be, will still work for a little while? I think it will. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with who's using it, right? So for me, using an iPhone 8, well, I think the screen might be a little bit small. I think it, it you know, some of the, some of the apps that I use and the services that I use might stagger under it they it just might not have the power to use it however the services and apps go ahead ahead. exactly but you know for someone like my mom who's only using it for the occasional facetime call and to send and receive email uh that might be okay for her if she doesn't have a phone that'd be a phone i'd give her uh if i had an extra one um so uh, you know what is not enough for a power user might be more than enough for someone whose needs are a little bit less complex, a little bit simpler. And so you always sort of have to think about who's the person who's using it because older devices often fit the bill because they don't, their needs aren't as complex. They aren't as heavy. They don't require the hardware. They don't require as much power uh, in order to get stuff done, which is why in many cases, older technology tends to get passed down to folks whose needs are a little bit simpler. See, in a lot of cases, that's it. Like, so like, what, what, some of the services and apps that you use uh so i mean i'm i'm using you know office 365 all day every day for you know writing and composition i use google's stack so all of google services gmail (laughs) google calendar google docs google sheets to to manage my workflow Um, and i use those across all of my different devices my you know i use a macbook air as my primary device um, but i've got you know i've got an iphone i've got an ipad uh i've got windows machines and and i use the same services across all of them um and then i use uh you know like I, i do a lot of video conferencing i do a lot of live broadcast work through all of these devices as well so i have the same i'll use facetime i'll use skype which of course if you're doing live work you want to make sure that the device is powerful enough to run it zoom. without without exactly and zoom without stuttering 
Um, so, you know, an older iPhone 8, I probably wouldn't want to use that for a live interview on, you know, broadcast television. However, uh, I'd probably be okay with it, you know, just using it as a secondary device to, you know, maybe take the occasional picture, uh, or to, you know, do some lookups or, or whatever that isn't sort of what I like to call front line. I'm always making that decision. Um, I have used Audible. I don't use it as it's, it's, I use it when I work with someone who is using it. I don't use that as part of my core workflow, but, but. But but that can change, right? That can change. Oh, you know, I, I, that's all a great day, service. It's a great service. It is. It is very well regarded and for good reason. Again, I I I tend to and see um, they're creating content. That's the thing. They are, and they're creating a community. You know, they're working with voice actors. Um, they are using the technology to to create a, a sub economy, which I think is notable. And again, and they've also been pretty vocal about making sure that they support that voice talent that voice community uh yeah. that allows them to grow and be profitable so uh altogether you know a, certainly a company worth watching certainly a company that i've um you know and i, I have a number of friends who are voice actors too well they're owned by uh, amazon too. for them yeah um and amazon that's another leverage for them well, it certainly is because it gives them access to resources they might not otherwise have. The risk always is, of course, is if, if Amazon decides it's no longer interested in it, it you know it might reduce resources to it or it might shutter it entirely. But um, because you know, and, you know, and that's always a risk when you get bought out um, that you know you're no longer see that the happening. Making, I don't see decisions. Amazon shutting it down. I, I don't think so, but you know, again, there is there is no permanence in technology. You never quite know. Uh, and of course, Amazon, for example, has been having difficulty growing its hardware business. So we're seeing cutbacks in the engineering and marketing and human resources teams responsible for its uh, smart speakers and its smart screens. And so, uh, and we know that the Alexa uh, business has had uh, a bit of chaos over the last few months as well as they restructure for an AI-driven future. So um, there's all always change and there's always uncertainty uh and i think we'd be naive to think that you know an amazon-owned service like audible would be completely immune from that change could happen uh whether we like it or not um especially as artificial intelligence continues to make inroads in sort of where the industry is going so like you know like i had a, i'll be honest with you i had a free like i got i had a free two-year membership Mm-hmm. to um audible actually what happened was is i had won a contest and i got like a 24-month uh, membership Oh, cool. <laughs> right. And I, I thought about, well, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm missing some of the content, some of the new content there. So do I, you know, do I, um, you know, do I resubscribe? Do I subscribe? Do I. Right. Now mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm thinking. And now yeah, this is, it, is, is, it, is it worth your while? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, is it? I would say probably. I would well, say. I, I I think you have to look at your own use usage history, right? Like, so for example, if you are subscribing to a lot of podcasts on it, and you're downloading a lot of audiobooks, and and you're you're consuming them, and you're spending, you know, a, a certain amount of time per day per week, you know, like so you're actually using it, then. I would argue that it's certainly worth it to you. It's the same logic that we all follow. For example, if we subscribe to Netflix, if you subscribe to it, but then you never watch anything on it, I think it's a reasonable assumption that you can easily drop the subscription or not, and not but miss see, it. The but thing if you're also, using it, then by all means, uh, you're getting value from it and you're enjoying it, then of course, go for it. Keep it. Right. But see, the other thing is, is that I wouldn't say that I heavily used it. Mm-hmm. I would not say that I heavily used it during that two-year period. 
I, there was a lot of content I did not listen to, mm-hmm. or I didn't, right? But, but, I, I, but I, I think a lot of, like, and, and I don't think it needs to be heavy. In other words, you don't have to be using it, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week in order for it, for it to be worthwhile for you. There, there may be one podcast that's exclusively available on Audible that isn't available anywhere else, but you really enjoy it. And you yeah. listen to it once a week, and that could be more than enough for you. Um, and everyone's got a different sort of sense of whether something is worth it for them or not. Um, but if you get value out of it and you really enjoy it, even if it isn't a lot of time, uh, then I would say, you know, for for what they're charging for a subscription, uh, then it's certainly worth it. And if it fits into your overall subscription and entertainment and information, you know, knowledge, content, budget, uh, then by all means, uh, you know, add it on. I, I would say it makes more sense to have a subscription like that than to have you know, you're a third or fourth uh, video streaming service, like, you know, Netflix plus Crave plus. Oh, that would uh, be a waste of money for me. Exactly. Because who has enough time to watch all of those things? Whereas you sort of, if you pick and choose and you're more strategic about what you pick, you get better value out of the things that you ultimately do consume. Yeah. You know what I, I'll I'll tell you, I'll be honest. You know what I do currently, um, uh, um, what I currently do subscribe to is Mm -hmm. uh, iCloud plus. Uh Right. Now that's of course I, I can't I can't work without that. Of course, ties into all of your Apple products and right. again makes them truly come alive. Absolutely right. easy to understand. Of course. Right. I do that. I I also do well, I also do Zoom One Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, that's of course I do the yearly for that one because see now, of course, with see, of course, you know I do two shows, right? You know, I yeah. also do broadcast map, right? You get those mm-hmm. updates, right? Yes, I do, all of them. Um, you are you are probably one of the best marketing uh, minds when it comes to promoting your own products uh, and your own platforms. And uh, honestly, everyone should follow your lead. Uh, I always know what you're up to. I always know who's coming up, um, and I always know when to when to tune in. I already am. I'm subscribed to to there you go. Out. But right. I love I love that it's just the right messaging at the right time with the right tone. That's a, that's a really strong example for others. Right. So like, see, that's it. And, and see the thing. Okay. That too. And then I don't know if you're familiar with the voice dream reader. No, I'm not. Not something voice I've dream used. reader mm-hmm. is an actual, it's more in the education side, but it's used uh-huh. for, it was initially developed for people with different types of disabilities, like dyslexia and things. And I mean, the initial original developer was Winston Chen. And mm-hmm. now he sold that. And of course he had also created a, a desktop version. What it is is that it's 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 an application for reading. Like you can read your books, you can read your documents, you can listen to your um, you know, um, you can listen to your documents there. Yeah. And like it's like, any content, it'll it'll basically read it out to you. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah, and it'll play the audio of it too. So mm-hmm. now the Mac app, of course, now there it, it's also a subscription. So I've been paying for that too because mm-hmm. it's worth it to me. Yeah, exactly. You get right? value from it. And, and, and Sirius like, XM, yeah. mm-hmm. the streaming, like I don't drive. So the streaming platinum because so I can listen to all my sports. Exactly. Right. Anytime, anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Any, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the, oh, you know, listen anytime on the app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it works right again. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, and, and this is what I love about 
about their platform too is that even if it's not you know you can download the content in advance and then if you happen to take the ttc for example um you know you can use it regardless of whether you have a live connection at the time and i think that's a huge differentiator as well downloadable content is massive yeah so if we and i do like you know and i do month like so that's like that's like three things month that's like what three things monthly there we've Mm -hmm. added yeah yeah four yeah apple zoom uh no zoom is here so i'm yeah okay yeah. yeah But, you know, but still, you know, as part of your overall subscription, you know, you you almost need an app to keep track of all the subscriptions that we've got, right? Oh, no, I keep track of it all. The way I live. keep track of it all. <laughs> of course, you, do. you have to for your budget. Oh, yeah, I keep track of <laughs> but they're But they're all like what I what what's great. And you've done the homework. And I think that's a good example for others to follow is that um you've 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 researched what those offerings are you've related them to your particular need uh, and you've made sure that there is a corresponding need to justify the subscription um a lot of people don't do that a lot of people just subscribe to something because it's something their friends thought they should have but then they 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 don't use it they forget about it and they're paying month after month or year after year without really giving it a whole lot of thought so um you know i i think um, you know, the, I think the, the 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 takeaway from all of this is that we really need to start getting, you know, sort of a lot more awareness into the subscriptions that we might be carrying, um, especially now as, you know, the economy is kind of challenging for a lot of us. Uh, I think this is the time for us to start looking at the things that we subscribe to and really asking ourselves, do I still need it? Or if I do need it, what am I getting out of it? Uh, and make sure that you have that conversation with yourself because then you end up, even if you don't cancel something, you will end up using it more deliberately and you will get more out of it. And, and that's important again, again, from that whole technology should be something that improves our lives. If you're a little more deliberate about the subscriptions that you have, you can get more out of the subscriptions that you have and the technology that they run on. Well, see, and that's it, right? That's, that's the thing. Now, see, Here's the thing, like, and and see, and I'm gonna have you. I'm gonna let you chime in on this. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask for you to chime in here, okay? That, um, if now you're familiar with, um, with uh, with Sela's content, okay? Yep. Which is the Center for Equitable Library Library Access. Access. Yep. Right now, that's a free service. It is. Yeah. Right. So, but but my but like, if I'm getting all the books say that i'm after like i don't know i know like if i look at my goodreads and if you're there carmy follow me on goodreads too mm-hmm. cool adding give it me a f- pardon <laughs> adding it now <laughs> yeah give me yeah send me a friend request on goodreads too cool yay feel All free right. to friend me <laughs> on there as well yeah Deal. so <laughs> yeah so if most of see if majority if the majority of the books are available there on Sila that I want, then is there a sense in me paying for Audible? I would say no to that. I think it all comes down to content. How much is exclusive to Audible versus how much is available through um, less expensive or even non-paying sources? And if the answer is I can get it somewhere else for free and Sila provides it, then guess what? You, You have an answer as to which subscription you can drop. Right. So it all comes down to exclusivity. Um, and if Audible isn't exclusive, I don't see why you would pay for it there. 
Uh, but but also, if Sela offers it in a similarly convenient package, in other words, does the app work as well? Does it uh, is it is the content just as easily accessible across all the devices that you would normally use when you are uh, both at home and out and about? Um, does it fit the way you use it, the way you consume it? Uh, you know, part of your lifestyle. And if the answer is yes, then yeah, by all means, it's, you know, the same reason why, you know, as soon as my local library started offering uh, downloads of most of the books that I was interested in, uh, you know, the, the number of books that I started buying from my local bookstore, uh, you know, started to go down because the library became a, a, a less expensive avenue to it. So I think we're always looking at our content streams and saying, how can I be reducing the cost? Uh, and also, how can I support the local resources, the libraries, the silas of the world that and are most of them use Libby now. Most of the local libraries, yeah, they uh, are. Yeah, a lot Libby of them have signed on to. The, yeah, they, actually, they Overdrive shut the down actually. Oh yeah. Yeah, but Overdrive's become. I know mine does uh, in London, um, and and they push it hard because it significantly reduces workload in each branch, and it allows the librarians a lot more time to focus on other value added functions. But it also gives people a reason to interact with the library. You know, a lot of people wouldn't go to a branch, but they certainly would interact with the web presence of that library. Um, which again strengthens the community. So it's the and and you know my library is just a couple blocks away from my house, and honestly, I I could live there if I could. So any excuse I have to use their digital services, I will find. Um, and I would suggest that we all do so as well. It's because libraries, as we know, are very much a use it or lose it proposition. Yeah. Um, yep. If we if we don't take advantage of those amazing services and realize that they they've really pivoted to digital. Um, then you know they, the 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 funding will not be there for them going forward. So I, I feel it's important to support them um, in that context as well. Yeah, and Sandra, did you have a comment on the on the seal of the um, uh, thing I just put forward? Um, yeah, absolutely, Ali. And it all goes back to Carmi what you were saying um, when it comes to um, whether something that you have is a want versus a need. So for example, a lot of times what will happen is Sila will have a book available mm -hmm. um, that's on Audible's daily deals, for example. You can go and grab it off of Sila. But what happens is um, it is in a format that is not um, a format that you would normally read. Um, so, for example, a lot of times what will happen is it's not available in, audi in Audible, but it mm -hmm. is available or it's not av available in audio. And, 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 yeah, but, no, that happens too. That yeah, happens too. That it happens is available too. in, say, EPUB or PDF. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yes, we can read those types of books in something like Voice Dream Reader. Um, but then what happens is you, you've got, um, you know, you're, you're listening to a synthetic voice reading mm -hmm. it versus human narrated audio. Yeah. Which is really um, hard in a long, you know, at, the longer the book gets, the harder it gets to consume it that way. It's just not natural. Um, and, and I think that's good feedback for, you know, Sila, like it, like Sila's mission is to serve its community. And if the formats that they're using to share content aren't meeting the needs of their community, the only way they know that they need to change is through feedback. Um, and so, you know, when it doesn't, it's it's not our job as consumers to squeeze into their formats. It's their job to make sure they're delivering to our needs. And so I would 
whatever feedback opportunities you have for them, I would share that with them. They need to hear from the community that, for example, native audiobooks uh, are far better than synthetic readers and that, you know, simply using EPUB or PDF as a baseline and then stopping there is not enough. And that Mm -hmm. alternative services do a better job of meeting the needs across the board. Um, But they'll never know if we don't say anything. So, you know, we've got it. We got to keep the volume high on that. Absolutely. And um, Makara, I believe you had a a question as well, or a thought. Yeah, I was just kind of going to chime in on this, you know, with Sela and Libby and all of these. It's It comes down to definitely a lot of what we were just talking about with the formatting. And sometimes you can get, like you said, Sienna, you can get a format that you need in one place, but not another. So it's almost, it, it is good that things like Sela and Libby are all free because personally, I find I cycle through all of them whether the need ends up being, oh, I need just the audiobook, or I think, um, Ali, we were having this conversation the other day where I said, oh, I might need, um, you know, a text-based document if I end up needing page numbers, if I have to refer to them specifically. I've so done that too. Like sometimes, yeah. like if I want to see how something is spelt, an audiobook's mm-hmm. not going to do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it it all depends on on your need, like we've been saying, and and like I say, even alternating and cycling through just for that purpose and saying, okay, where can I get what I need now? Because sometimes you can't find it in one, so you might need the other. Otherwise, you end up, you know, out of luck. It's almost like a full-time job sort of picking from the menu of choices available to you and seeing what works in the in the here and now and, and sort of seeing how it evolves over time. Um it's kind of our responsibility, right? Because that landscape is always shifting. Offerings are always changing. Feature sets are always being, you know, new features are being added, old features are being removed. It's sort of up to us to, you know, continue to sample them. Um, really like the way you refer to it, Makar, is that, you know, you're always cycling through them to sort of see what works and what doesn't. Uh, and I think that's an important behavior for all of us insofar as the technologies we use to find the information, the content that matters to us day to day. Um, and it matters in all communities. I don't think we think about it as as often as we do, but really that's what we're doing. We're constantly making decisions about how we consume uh, and we're constantly trying to optimize that consumption uh, model for ourselves, which is different for each one of us. Each one of us has different needs and wants and habits and behaviors and stuff. So, um, but we're constantly doing it, even if we're not aware of it. Uh, and I think it's becoming even more important over time as that technology landscape becomes even more complex. There are far more offerings out there. The the features are a lot more sophisticated. Uh, institutions that we might not have seen as techie, you know, like the library, are now essentially hubs for this kind of technology. Uh, and they are instrumental in our ability to consume um, the things that we need in the format that we need. Um, so it's uh, it's exciting, but it also sometimes it gives me a little bit of a headache because there's so much going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And see, the other thing, too, is that I mean, I'll be honest, like, I mean, what I get to do with the, what I do with the Sela books is that I put them into voice stream reader and listen to them that way. And I find that I, and, and I'll be honest with you too, guys, that I like the controls better in voice stream reader than I do in the audible lab. And I think that is a lot of this is always so subjective, but it, it's incredibly important because if uh, the interface isn't 
uh, you know, what I what I like to call day to day usable. You know, simple to use, uh, organic, holistic. Um, you're not going to be incentivized to use it going forward, uh, and you may not make a conscious decision. I'm not going to use it because I don't like the interface in Audible, for example. Um, but um, it will, you know, quietly influence you in the background to maybe use it a little less often, uh, if at all. Um, and again, it's it's more of a subconscious thing than a conscious thing, but that's one of the reasons why a company like Apple is as successful as it is because they have always sweated the small facets of interface design. Um, and they're thinking about things that you and I probably aren't even aware of and never will be, but just the way a device use, is used, the way it inter interacts with us day to day has a huge impact on right. how we use it and how much satisfaction we derive from using it. But see, Carmen, the other, the other, yeah, no, and I agree with you, but the other piece I'm thinking here is we're talking here too. Is that why pay for all? Why, why should I pay the month? Why, why should I? Why should I add another subscription? Pay pay for Audible because if I really need to, it's likely that Apple Books is going to have it in audio too. Exactly. And again, right. it, you know, the, the short answer is you shouldn't. Uh, is again, if 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 you're getting that user no, experience that's, and, I'm and not that going value, to. yeah, exactly. O only spend if if that is the only place that you can get that experience. But if the answer is no, and there's no differentiation from what would otherwise be a free offering, go with the free offering always. And I always do that too. It takes a pretty high bar for me to decide, yes, I'm going to subscribe to this. And I'll only do so after I've exhausted every possibility. It's like, there's no way that I can get it anywhere, anywhere else for free. I'm going to have to bite the bullet here. Um, but then even then over time, I will I will still go through my options and go, is it still worth paying for? Am I, is, is, has something else come along that offers something, you know, as a reasonable substitute uh, at lower or, or no cost? Um, and if the answer is no, then I keep subscribing. If the answer is yes, uh, first thing I do is goodbye. I'm done. Yeah. But see, the, you know what the other thing is, too? Right. You know, what the other thing is, too, like, see, Audible is not the only one now when it comes to the audiobook market. Yeah. Well, the market is maturing. Right. So they were certainly pioneers, but, you know, they've been around for 20 odd years. And, um, you know, as as other it's like the streaming industry. Right. When when it was when it was Netflix's to win. Um, they were pretty much the only game in town. They could charge what they want. They could, you know, bring in whatever content that they wanted. As soon as uh, other competitors started to muscle in on their territory, Apple and Disney and Amazon, uh, well, now Netflix had to, uh, you, know, you know, start producing really higher, much higher quality content. Their their production budget went through the roof. Um, and in order to fund that, their prices had to go up. Uh, and so everyone's oh, it's so much more expensive. And, well, it's more expensive because you want to have the name brand content and, and you're not going to subscribe if you don't. That's what a competitive market does. And I think it's easy, it's safe to say that in the in the ebook and, and podcast market, it's exactly the same thing. Those platforms, uh, whereas it used to be audibles to lose. Well, now there are lots of other choices to choose from. Oh, um, Apple Books. Yeah. Well, and and the fact that Apple um, you buy an Apple device. And that's what's front and center, right? So Apple owns the playground so they can make sure that their services are front and center on the devices that you buy. So the Apple makes it hard. You have to consciously download the Audible app on your iPhone, whereas Apple Books is right there from the start. That makes a huge difference. Unless you difference. get rid of the shortcut. <laughs> of course, but let's think about yeah. it. How many people are actually doing that when they buy their phone? Not a lot. No, uh, no, no, exactly. Right. Yeah, and see, yeah. that's if, it. If you own yeah. the playground, you get to determine the rules. Uh, and and often, you know, anyone else, a competitor um, gets you know, second choice and they kind of get shut out 
And that's one of the, it's one of the reasons why Google is on trial in Europe now over, you know, for antitrust, because in many cases, the the legislators there are saying that Google is using its position as the, as the creator of the platform to lock out competitors. Um, and again, that's maybe a conversation for another day, but uh, Apple is oh, no, in position going. to do, Apple's going. in position to do that across all of its devices as well, because it owns the playground. You buy the device from it, it furnishes the operating system and most of the, the default apps on it, it can put them in a certain place on the screen, on the home screen. It can make it difficult for you to delete them. In many cases, the apps can't be deleted. Uh, they can be moved somewhere else, but you know, for the longest time, you couldn't get rid of them completely. Um, that's a uh, uh, that's that's a you know that, that that's how I think back to childhood you know when you know the kid who brought the ball to play you know champ or whatever games they made the rules and if you didn't like it guess what you were going home and that's the way it works in technology today as well yeah exactly do you have any thoughts on iOS 17 before we kind of um yeah I do I mean certainly um um you know sorry you never... CNI, I didn't realize sorry about that go ahead Carmen then we'll let you know sure. go ahead Carmen yeah, you know, anytime there's a, a new version of iOS, it's it's like a free cool upgrade on your existing phone. So it's certainly compelling. I would wait a little bit. Um, you never want to be the first one to have the, the the first major update of an operating system because it is it will be kind of buggy. And in fact, Apple has already released a 17.0.1 update uh, to address a lot of glitches and security issues that they were running into with the new versions. So what I often do is I wait uh, a few days, couple of weeks until all the sort of the, the chaos dies down until it sort of settles in. The first major update has been uh, made available and then I download it and install it, but certainly worth it. Uh, if you have an iPhone that was released within the last five years, iPhone XR and up, um, it's absolutely worth uh, installing um, because again, who doesn't like the the cost of free? Uh, and you get some cool new features in the process as well. Yeah. Do, no, do make sure that you have enough enough free space on the device, and and you know do make sure that all your data is otherwise backed up and all that. But absolutely worth doing. And yeah, and, back it up uh, to iCloud, please. Exactly, <laughs> back it up to iCloud if you're using Google Stack or any anything else. Just make sure that it's available somewhere else outside of Apple's world as well, so that just in case the the device update, because there have been some early reports of problems updating where the the Apple logo just kind of stays. It, it doesn't actually proceed to installing. So there have been some problems here and there, fairly minor, uh, nothing oh, yeah. you know, no, terrible. I, but... I haven't seen I know. I, I was smooth, yeah. though. I was smooth. Yeah, yeah. Mine was. Same uh, here, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. Mine was. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even intend to update. I was just going to look at it to see if it was available. And then I must have pressed the wrong thing because I, I went to make breakfast. And by the time I came back from it, it was done. So, <laughs> oops. <laughs> But smooth as can be. And uh, and so far, uh, you know, my yeah. phone is nominal, no issues at all. And it looks kind of cooler. So I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, there were a few little tiny things uh, with the update. But um, I mean, for me, um, you know, it went nice and smooth. Out. Like, I mean, minor bugs that are not even for me, they're not even deal breakers. Um, mm -hmm. What I did also and it's if you're going to test the public betas i always recommend too and uh, what are your thoughts as well on this uh carmy if you're if you do happen to have a secondary device um lying around that can support that you can use um simply for um 
you know, the beta. So like, for yeah. example, my MacBook, so my MacBook Air is my studio. So you have uh, to remember though, too, I'm a tester too. Yeah. Kind of, you know, I like to play around with these things. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think, and I think it's important to draw a line between your production device and your test environment. So mm-hmm. that, and Sienna, I think you answered your question as, as you asked it to me is as long as you're not using your primary productivity device you know the one that keeps the lights on as long as you're not using that for testing um Mm -hmm. and i do the same thing i have a production machine that never runs beta code and then i have always i have secondary devices laptops phones tablets that i will happily install beta and i'll you know and so if they crash or they break or whatever i don't really care Mm -hmm. i can still move i can still you know get work done on my primary devices and so if you only have one phone or only have one laptop uh I would be or one tablet and that is your yeah. primary work device i'd be very careful uh and i would not recommend using that device as as beta most of the time uh beta code especially apple's beta programs are pretty okay but sometimes stuff happens sometimes they crash yeah. sometimes there's a glitch and i would rather avoid that the last thing i would ever want to be doing is you know working in the middle of a really important project and my device just freezes up because it was beta and i don't have a backup so yeah. um draw a line if you have extra hardware have at it on the extra hardware. If you don't mm-hmm. have extra hardware, be very wary about using beta on a yeah. production device. No, see what and, I and use. What I do. Oh, go ahead, Ellie, and then no, no. I'll chime in after. Uh, no, no, no. Go. Uh, what I was. I always do the. Um, um. Right. See, I always had the like. I had an. I used to use an iPad, and and that was primarily its use. Is I would. Mm-hmm. I. That's why I wanted one for testing. Yeah, and that's a great. That's a great example, right? Because you specifically have it for that purpose um and then that way if anything happens doesn't matter you can still get your work done on your other stuff on your primary devices and and i think that's that's kind of important is you you always want to have a plan b uh, a failover a fallback uh and that applies i and and i i have to you know laud the industry right they they put beta code into the hands of millions of people like you and me so that we can roll up our sleeves and play with it and learn what works and learn what doesn't and provide critical feedback to them. Oh yeah. I think, I think, I think that's amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things I love about the technology industry is that we get to help produce better software uh, by by being involved in engaged users. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Now do you use Apple's cal like even Apple's calendar app and mail apps, they've made it really good too. They have, although yeah. I, I admit I only use them for notification purposes. I, you know, my because my entire most of my workflow happens in Google Stack. I, 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 you know, my primary calendaring happens in Google Calendar, which then replicates to the Apple Calendar on the widget on on the front page of all of my Apple devices. Yeah, if you've got so, it connected, you'll still see it in Apple it, Calendar. It, exactly, and that's the joy of it, right? Is that I, I, I only have to like I, I never. I never actually open up the Apple Calendar app, but the widgets mm-hmm. um, update for me everywhere. And it completely interacts perfectly with Google's uh, solution, which to me is amazing because I only enter it once and then it just shows up where I want it to. So I set it up once when I first get the device and then it just does that for me across everything. And I never have to think about it again. To me, that is just amazing technology. And I, I got to give Apple credit. Yeah, uh, for you know, sort of recognizing that that's how a lot of people are going to use it, and it works seamlessly. How is that connect by connecting other by uh, connecting other accounts? Yeah, exactly. So like all all of my Apple um, apps, like the native apps on iOS, on Mac OS, on iPad OS, um, I just uh, sign in. Uh, you know, I, when I when I add accounts, I just include my Gmail account. 
Um, and then it just grabs everything from them and, uh, you know, displays it in the various spots throughout the. Now, let me ask you here as we wrap up here. Let me now I use the mail. I use the I have the Gmail app installed, too, uh-huh. but I primarily use I, I prefer I, I primarily like to use the Apple's mail app. So would you recommend now, of course, you do need it for things like authentication to fact like, you know, to like. When you log in on a different device or you log in after browsing, mm-hmm. after clearing your, you, and I do have used two-factor authentication. Yeah. Right. You do need it to accept that, like accept, mm-hmm. you know, but do I need, if I'm primarily just, because I'm primarily just using the, the mail app, do I still need, or should I still keep the Gmail app hanging around, taking space? Um, a lot of it depends on how you use the Gmail app. I mean, I do because I will do account maintenance on the Gmail app that I can't do on the Apple Mail on the Apple Mail app. So, for example, I will I will star different uh, messages. I will uh, organize my folders and my labels uh, in the Gmail app. I can't you, you do can, that. You can do that in the, you can do that in the mail app. Not, it's not as seamless, and it's not as as sort of it doesn't work as well cross platform. Apple says it does, but in my my experience is just not as smooth. Um, it's also a different interface. Whereas again, like, you know, but then again, I'm, I'm only one particular example. Most of my workflow happens within Google's world, not Apple's world. Um, so well, the, the, base, first, yeah. the first thing that I do when I get an Apple device is I install all of my Google apps yeah. and then I set them up. But and then based, I, so, right? so, but, but that's me, right? Yeah, and, no, but and based so on never, what I've just described. Yeah. I mean, I would, and I would keep it on um, simply because uh, you never know. And this has happened to me before when, so Apple will roll an update uh, to the operating system and it might break something in one of its native apps. And you need to either check your inbox or do some email or respond to an email very quickly. Um, and, you know, because my primary account is my Gmail account anyway, um, and I just let my Apple authentication just, I just use that to access the devices. I don't use it for messaging. Um, uh, it's always there in case I need it. Um, and so there's no cost to having it there. It doesn't take up a lot of space. Yeah. I would just and- leave it there. Like, you know, you know, you know, like don't, don't keep it on your front screen, keep it in a folder somewhere. Or no, I've got, I have screen. folders for everything on my device. Yeah. Like I have yeah. in my. My main folder is the social folder, right? Yeah. So the main um, folder is my, my my social folder. So just kind of move it out of there and just, so you're just moving out of the, put it into stuff not used. Yeah, exactly. Not- just, just just let it gather dust. Um, but I wouldn't delete it outright because you never know when you're going to need it. There'll probably be like one time when you do, and yeah. this will save you having to you know re-download the app and, and setting it up again. So uh, again, it's just yeah. it, that it's one of those every once in a while things be- because of the way you and I use it differently because of the way I use it. Uh, it's front and center for me, whereas in your case, you flipped it. And I know a lot of people, depending on who you talk to, some folks lean toward Apple stack, others lean toward Google stack. The nice thing about iOS and iPadOS and macOS is that you can easily have your choice uh, and it works just as well, depending, um, you know, depending on sort of how you choose to set it up. And I like having that option. Uh, and it was one of the things that I was very concerned about when I first oh, decided see, to that's use it. Apple's as my primary device. Is like, can I bring my Google stack over and will it be as seamless? And the short answer is, is yes. 
Right. But see, that's the thing. But see, now, what about the note? Like, would you suggest just turn like, should I turn off the new mail notifications from? Yeah, I I only uh, I only turn on notifications for uh, the the native Google related app. That way it goes through one less layer of translation and uh, it's much simpler and faster and cleaner. And I have fewer things to turn off and on if I need to kill notifications. Like, like in the sense of like, like based on what I've just described, right? Like, um, because I use the the mail app primarily, yeah. right? So, just, so, I, so say, I would just I would just leave notifications on for the mail app and turn everything else off. Like, and for the like for the Gmail. Uh, well, the thing is, if you turn the Gmail one on, then you're getting two notifications every time you get an you get an email, and well, that actually, gets kind of annoying kind of quickly. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know what's funny though? You know what's interesting though, right? Mm-hmm. When you have Gmail connected to the mail app. Right. When you get a message in, when you get a new email from Gmail, mm-hmm. you do not actually receive a notification from the mail app to say that you got a Gmail notification, that you have a, 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 a mail in Gmail. Uh, maybe they've changed it since, but I think about maybe two iOS versions ago, I had notifications on for both when I Yeah, it used to updated. work. It did used to and, work. Yeah, and, and I just got into the habit of just turning off the Apple notification and just getting it from Gmail. It just got annoying. So maybe they fixed that, um, which is great, but I I like controlling kind of my own No, they haven't I'm actually. Very, it still works yeah. the same. Oh, okay. Because I'm I'm a, uh, I, I also sort of had a moment of epiphany earlier this year where I realized I was just getting way too many notifications and it was affecting just my ability to focus. And so I, I, I'm very, very, like I find most, um, I, I've turned off notifications for pretty much everything. Um, and and it allows me to store, sort of stay focused. I'm not constantly getting distracted by my oh, phone. But I need the MLB notifications. Come on, I got to see. <laughs> <how they're doing. laughs> hey, priorities, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I, I hear you. you know, especially when the Jays are playing, I, I need well, to know what's going second, on. Right give me one second, guys. Give me one second, guys. Give me one second. No, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just wanted to say, uh, Carmi, going back to, like, for example, having that secondary device for testing, Mm -hmm. um, if you are able to, um, if you are able to have access to a secondary device, I, I love doing the beta testing. So, what I used to use my iPad kind of as my secondary computer Mm -hmm. before I got my Mac. So, I had my, um, Windows machine, which is a little uh, Surface laptop there. Mm-hmm. And um, so what I would end up doing, um, so now what I do is my Surface is my travel computer, my uh, MacBook Air, even though it's pretty portable, it stays right here in, mm-hmm. in the home studio. And uh, the iPad I use mainly for testing. So um, that's kind of my um, setup. You know, the uh, Surface is my travel machine. So it's, you know, finding the technology that works best for your needs. And I'm kind of also, um, um, I, I think now with the introduction of something like phone link that Microsoft oh, no. introduced, <laughs> oh, oh no, which I took off, but I might actually put back on, by the way, it, I can, you know, if someone sends me oh, a message, no. I can, you know, access it from the computer oh, on the go, as long as my phone is in the, the vicinity, right? So it's, yeah. it's. They've made it a lot easier, I feel, to 
have everything integrated, right? And you can just, um, you know, work with, um, you know, across devices. Yeah, it's funny. It's I I remember back when I used an Android phone, I had a Pixel as my primary device. Um, Google had you know sort of similar sort of somewhat dodgy solutions to allow you know me to get my messages across all my devices. But um, then mm-hmm. I, but sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Uh, it was not as reliable as I would have liked, and I you know setting it up on each device was a bit of a hassle. Whereas with Apple, it's just you know just use the Messages app and. It's, it just shows See, up everywhere. The, then that is it, right? <laughs> and, and I think of that, and 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 it's one of the reasons why I'll I'll stick with with Apple's ecosystem, um, because it doesn't take a you know a, a, an additional app to make it work. It's just built right into the operating mm-hmm. system, whatever op- the operating system happens to be, whether it's Mac OS, iPad OS, or iOS. It, it, they all use it the same way, and it's dead simple reliable um and and i can't imagine using anything else i i, I appreciate that microsoft is trying to build similar functionality uh, in its ecosystem I'm a big windows phone, fan but yeah and and i think you need to but like again it's 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 an app and a point solution it isn't architected mm-hmm. in and and i think that's one of the reasons why people tend to you know migrate toward uh, an integrated apple and again i'm not fanboying on apple here but apple oh, solution i'm not just a works. word guy either yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, like I only use it because. Yeah, I, and and I'd I'd rather as well. Just again, most of the people that I work with still tend to stick to that docx standard, and so I'm kind of stuck there yeah. too. Not a fan just, of it. You know, Pages close, and Google but... Docs, they all accept that standard. They do, but yeah. again, depending on the document, it may or may not translate um, as you move from one to the that other. Doesn't matter so. to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh! It matters but, to me because the okay, last thing I yeah. want is for- no, formatting see, to shift when I submit something. Because okay, that, I, that yeah, no, I understand that. No, no, yeah, no. See, you know, offline, I want to just get. I want to just. Uh, you were asking me something about X at one point about about them charging. When you just ask the question here, get Carmi's perspective before we. Yeah. Um. I now I. <laughs> Again, I heard this um, just in passing. I mm-hmm. don't have. Uh, I'm going to make a disclaimer right here Be that cautious. I don't have very cautious. cautious. Yes, <laughs> um, but I'm going to make a disclaimer right here, and I'm going to ask the person. Um, you know, I've heard it on Facebook. I've heard it on. Um, you know, just in passing, talking on the phone to a friend, and they were saying that. Um, And I I don't have any factual information that I could back it up with. So Mm -hmm. um, wondering what you've heard and what your thoughts are that Elon Musk is going to start charging us for the use of X. And I'm wondering, as a podcaster, like, is this something now, another subscription that I'm going to have to... Yeah, so 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 it is like it it did happen. He was uh, he was doing a live stream with of all people, the Prime Minister of Israel, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, last week, and someone asked him, you know, how he was going to deal with the bots, uh, you know, the bot armies that have afflicted X, mm-hmm. formerly Twitter. Yeah, um, and he said the the it's that's the reason that we're gonna you know we're going to move to what he calls a small monthly payment. 
um, to combat those bot armies. Um, he didn't say how much it would be. He didn't have a timeline. He didn't have any details. As always, this was just Elon Musk riffing off the top of his head. Um, yeah. He did say it would be less than the $8 a month premium service that they currently offer. So it would, so the, basically everybody would pay a smaller amount to, in order to access. It would make it harder for, for bots to create lots and lots of accounts. Oh, they would yeah. have to authenticate. So, so, you know, the way I see it is Elon Musk says a lot of things that never come to fruition. He thinks in the moment, doesn't really plan ahead, um, certainly in, in around his experience with this company. Um, and so this, you know, there's a, an equal likelihood uh, that it'll never come to fruition, uh, that, uh, you know, it will kill the goose that laid the golden egg that, you know, I think once people sort of are forced to pay for it as opposed to having the choice to pay for it, they will finally say, you know what, I'm out of here. Uh, and in yeah. fact, uh, as soon as that news broke, uh, first of all, I got a lot of interest from media and I did a lot of interviews on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also got a lot of messages from friends and family me- members and colleagues who essentially said, that's the point that I'm out if it happens. Um, and so I, you know, again, I think this is one of those things that gets a lot, he says it gets a lot of attention because he likes attention, but yeah. long run, the way social media works, um, uh, you know, an all pay service that has no, no free tier. Uh, I think that is going to basically be the nail in the coffin of this company if Elon Musk decides to proceed, and I don't think he will. Yeah, and and that's the thing, and I'm already seeing people uh, leaving X, mm-hmm. uh, formerly Twitter, and and moving to to platforms such as Mastodon, um, Threads, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Threads yeah. is an Instagram company, though. It is, yeah. It's yeah, a meta, it, it, it is, but yeah. interestingly, they haven't banned news on it. So I find it fascinating that, you know, it's owned by Meta, yet they haven't sort of done the whole Bill C-18 freakout on that platform. No one's really talking about that. Maybe I'll start that this week. But um, yeah. uh, cer- certainly Mastodon introduced a new update this week that makes it a lot easier to use, and they've been sort of rolling the revs. And uh, Blue Sky, which was started by Jack Dorsey, who founded Twitter in the first place before leaving, he um, they they noticed that as soon as Elon Musk uh, had that report out, you know, where he said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna charge a small amount, um, they had a huge surge uh, in signups again. Every time X or does something or Musk says something derogatory, scary, whatever, or stupid, uh, is Blue, Blue Sky free? Blue Sky is free, but it is uh, beta right now and invitation only. So um, you need I, I, someone was kind enough to send me an invitation. And so I've signed up for it and I'm using it. And I'm actually quite impressed with it. It's almost like it almost feels like Twitter in the early days. The problem is it's a pretty small group. They, they've got, I think about a month ago, they hit a million uh, regular users. So it's still not huge um but you know still a, a, a drop in the bucket compared to other social so media you would platforms. say just stay on mastodon then too uh i would like basically right now i'm 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 on mastodon i'm on threads i'm on blue sky and i'm kind of monitoring all of them to see which one of them you know hits critical mass uh linkedin well, X. yeah yeah although linkedin is a very different animal right linkedin really you use that for professional networking and you know job stuff um but uh, I could post yeah. about the podcast on there, though. Certainly. And you certainly get a lot of, um, yep. you know, 
you get a lot of um, pickup on content. Yeah. Um, so connect with me on LinkedIn as well, Carmi. I actually did connect with you there. So I apologize if I did not. I'll I'll, I'll make sure that we're connected across okay. all platforms. Please do. Um, but yeah, like LinkedIn's a bit of a different animal. The the nature of conversation is very different. But at the same time, you know, from a professional standpoint, for anyone who isn't on LinkedIn, we all probably should be for a whole lot of a whole lot of really good reasons. It's a really great networking platform. Yeah, I don't need to pay for the LinkedIn premium, though. No, no, no. Uh, again, you know, like unless you're a professional recruiter or this is something that you do as part of your day to day to day, you know, career life, uh, I wouldn't pay for it. Just I'm not, set I'm up not, a, I'm not paying for it. I'm not planning. I'm not going to yeah. pay. I'm not paying for it. LinkedIn is uh, like LinkedIn for me. That's my kind of online home, you know, home base address. Uh, that's where folks can professionally find me. They can message me if they don't otherwise have my email address or my or my cell where they can, you know, call or text me or email me. That's where they can reach me. Um, and so I do get a lot of outreach through LinkedIn. And that seems to work fairly well because there is good searchability on it. Um, but, as, you know, for day to day interaction, I just find it's more, you know, this is what I did at work. And I just find that really boring. So I don't spend a whole lot of time on it uh, for that reason. It's so not a really good conversational place. They can find me on X. So basically any any platform, just look for Carmi Levy, C-A-R-M-I-L-E-V-Y. Um, and, and I will, you know, and you, you know, X has been my sort of primary one, but obviously that's, that's changing. Um, but you know, you know, between that and LinkedIn, um, you can easily find me and reach out and connect with me. And, and there's, uh, and I, I do answer my, my messages, even if it goes into requests as you check them in case they get round filed, I will dig them up and get back to you. Awesome stuff. Sienna, where can people find you online? Are you, do you have an online presence at all? Yep, I am on X. Um, you can reach me at Sienna Trigiani. That's capital S-I-E-N-A, capital T-R-I-G-I-A-N-I. You can also find me on Facebook if you have me on Facebook. Um, if you don't have me on Facebook, uh, feel free to send me a message on messenger and um, let me know that um, you found me through spicy techie or sienna t radio um, you can also find me on my wordpress page which is sienna t.wordpress.com where you'll be able to find the pages for spicy techie as well as sienna t radio and you can also of course email me at sienna t radio at gmail.com s-i-e-n-a-t radio at gmail.com and you can also uh, via the sienna t.wordpress.com page um, there's also a contact form there where you can contact me through love awesome to hear stuff. from you guys awesome stuff and as uh, carmy mentioned earlier i guess i'm all over the place right carmy i guess <laughs> you're in all the right places i i uh i do not miss anything from you and i find that delightful absolutely so where, where can people find me well um the broadcast map facebook page search broadcast map you can follow me on instagram threads x for now anyway uh, and uh, connect with me uh, at uh, ATOM Podcast 819 and connect with me on uh, LinkedIn as well. Uh, just, just uh, you can find me. Um, 
I believe it's, I'm just getting used to LinkedIn. I believe it just goes by name search, I believe right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to find you. And because then, of course, anyone who is, who's in your network, it'll sort of put you right to the top. The search works really well on LinkedIn. One of the best features of it. Yeah, so just search for me and you'll find me as a host of Broadcast Math. Um, and uh, you can also uh, visit http colon slash slash alleytechgroup.wordpress.com slash broadcast map now let's just tell everybody what's coming up on broadcast map please do not miss this show we have the nhl season preview show coming up on tuesday september 26th and we have featuring ryan payton and victoria mediash coming up for that show they will be hosting the show i will be joining them and um, and then on Thursday, September 28th, we have Kimberly Tullock coming up, a former broadcaster um, and a teacher of the broadcasting program. She taught, uh, I believe she actually did that at uh, Mohawk. Some of you may remember all of these um, um, broadcasters. Um, and we will be talking to her about that, about her experiences, and many, many more. And we mentioned Eric Trost off the top there off air. Um, he'll be coming up sometime as well, so stay tuned. And uh, the Cosmopolitan Culture Club this week, CNT? Yes, the Cosmopolitan Culture Club coming up this week on CNT Radio. That's coming up on Thursday, September the 28th. And uh, it'll be on from um, 7 or it'll be on from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 to 8 p.m. Central. Um, I believe that's 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, for those of you in the UK, it will be from 1 to 2. Um, and uh, Carmi, we do have a, a an inside running joke here on Sienna T Radio um, and that we've uh, translated over to spicy techie. Um, and so for those in the UK, um, you know, feel free to listen to the show, but remember after the show, you must get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm and, usually up at that time anyway. I'm good. Uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it's actually uh, that was started by um, host of the Classical Cafe, uh, Samantha Ash. And, um, you know, I can't do her. I can't do her get to bed justice with my get to bed. But um, if you happen to be up for those of you in the UK and you can't get to bed or you can't get to sleep anyway, just put on the show. You'll enjoy it. And I always want to. Um, you know, remind everybody if you have a song from your native country that you would like for me to feature on the Cosmopolitan Culture Club, because um, that's what it's all about. It's all about, um, you know, it's it's all about music, contemporary and uh, traditional music from around the world. So if you have a song from your native country, perhaps in your native language or an instrumental that you'd like to hear, please feel free to let me know, Um, you know, send me the song title. And if I'm able to uh, pick up the song, I'm happy to play it for you on the show. Um, Think of it as like a trip around the world. And then, of course, we've got the um, 
classical cafe or first we've got the melting pot hosted by nick blazewitz and it's coming up on saturday september the 30th from 11 30 a.m to 12 30 p.m eastern and if you would like those times in your local time zone please uh, feel free to give me a shout and i'll be happy to provide those times in your local time zone and uh, following that, we've got from 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. Eastern, we've got the Classical Cafe, hosted by Samantha Ash, joining us all the way from the UK. That is awesome stuff. And uh, yes, and if anybody's interested, you know, any guests, anybody that's interested in coming on uh, the any on Broadcast Map and Spicy Techie, please let me know and I will send you my Calendly booking page and you can... Um, you can uh, feel free to book some time with me as well. I always enjoy um, having these good conversations um, yeah. at any time. So just feel free, book some time, and we will um, do that as well. Carver, you're familiar with Calendly. I absolutely am. I use it all the time. Uh, just a great way to send out a link. People can book time on your calendar. It makes it super easy to set up meeting times. Yeah, and it creates uh, the Zoom studio too for you. It's amazing. It's like an all-in-one platform that makes it dead simple, easy to hold meetings in the digital age. Uh, I cannot live without it. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'll send uh, my pay. I'll send the booking page and uh, feel free. You know, anytime. You know what? And uh, I hope. And I'm looking forward to having you back. We're looking forward to having you back as well, Carmi. Uh, real oh, soon. Thank How you. About? I am. Always a pleasure days. having you, Carmi. Such a delight so being much. here with you guys. Thank you. I really appreciate the invitation and. Uh, Cannot wait to come back. You guys do uh, amazing stuff, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Oh, it's you, been you'll an be, absolute you, pleasure. You'll be a regular um, on here. And we Yay. always <laughs> remind <Yay>. everyone here. <laughs> and we say this all together. That, that it is, it is never, never goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> it is. It is. Until, Until next time. Next time. Have a great week. I like week. that. Thanks, Have guys. Have a great week, everybody. And thank you so much, Carmi, for joining us uh, in studio once again. Looking forward to having you soon. Absolute pleasure. Thanks again, guys. Much, much appreciated. Always a pleasure. Take care. You have been listening to Spicy Techie. To learn more about the show, please visit http colon slash slash com slash dash radio. To email the hosts, type in radio at mail.com or atom podcast 819 at gmail.com and we are, we are always, always reminding you that, that it, it is, is not, not good. goodbye it is, it until, is until next time, time.